Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome to the Line of Scrimmage podcast presented by Tomahawk Nation. I am Tim Allenball and I'm excited to be bringing you an off-season edition. Uh, we are going to be talking recruiting from Florida State's rivals slash opponents for the upcoming year. Uh, I'm going to try to go in order uh, of the schedule, uh, but I'm not going to hit every team because, frankly, I, I no offense, guys, but I don't care much about Boston College's recruiting. So uh, we are going to start off with Florida State's uh, big opponent on the schedule. We're going to be talking LSU, and we've brought back our old friend uh, Zach Jenda from and the Valley Shakes or Valley Shook. I always want to like past tense you there or present tense you there, not past tense. But um, I, I remind me afterwards to talk to you about running into an LSU booster in Shreveport, your favorite place. But Zach, thanks so much. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I love Shreveport. back on the program with us, buddy. Yeah. I love South Arkansas. <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm, I'm glad to be back. I, I'm looking forward to uh, if, if this year's game can be anything close to last year's game, it'll be a great kickoff to uh, 2023. Yeah, I think we could be looking at a potential uh, two teams that make the playoff, even with a loss coming out of the Mm -hmm. first game of the year. So excited Mm -hmm. to do that. And so what we wanted to do, which is different than our in-season line of scrimmage podcast, is we're going to be talking about the recruiting class for the past year, the impact it's going to have, and also the transfer, because it's a whole new world. And Zach, that's right where I want to start. Uh, it, it's definitely changed when it comes to recruiting. No longer is it just high school or JUCO ranks, but now uh, coaching staffs literally have to recruit their entire roster every single season. Uh, so to kind of simplify it between high school and transfer portal, let's kind of divide the podcast in half. Let's talk high school first uh, using the 24-7 composite. LSU under Brian Kelly's first full recruiting year finished six overall. That's up about six spots from last year. Uh, how do you feel Brian did it? Or how do you feel that Coach Kelly did with his first full year recruiting at LSU? I think for a first class, he did pretty well. Um, Louisiana had a lot of high end talent, like even more so for a talent rich state like Louisiana is. Now, he didn't get all the biggest fish, but there's like levels to it, right? Like, and I know we'll talk about this later, but like a guy like an Arch Manning, you know, yeah, he's from New Orleans and we'd love to get him, but realistically, he was never going to come here. And you just kind of had to accept that. Yeah, you try to recruit him, but I don't think he went, visited LSU's campus officially. You know, so you, you, you did the best you can with the guys you knew you had a shot with. And, you know, there was some, let's, let's see you earn it first before maybe we commit to it. The advantage of Louisiana is no matter what direction you look, there are guys who are going to want to come and play for LSU no matter what, but you could understand them thinking, well, you know, you're six and seven in 2021 or uh, 22, excuse me. No, 21. I'm right. 21. Yeah. Six and seven in 2021, five and five in 2020. The program seems, and there's all these just 
this dark cloud hanging around the program. There's a transition and it's Brian Kelly. And, oh gosh, does he fit the culture, which I didn't really know what that means anymore. Who cares? Maybe I might want to look out, outside and get out, get away from Louisiana. But I think with this really impressive first year, um, LSU's on a really good trajectory. They've got a top four, top five class right now at the moment. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I think there's an advantage with what Kelly's approach is because he had to go so national when he was at Notre Dame and bring in good classes, you know, top 10, top 12 classes, because he has those connections, he can kind of supplement the, or maybe not supplements the right word, but he can use your, use Louisiana as your base and then branch out nationally to like, uh, to, to cherry pick for lack of a better word, like their number one player in this class, Deshaun Womack from Baltimore, you know, and I'm, I'm looking at it, actually their top, five or uh, I guess these are the early enrollees so just bear with me but they're early enrollees Deshaun Womack's from Maryland JV and Toviano's from Arlington Texas which you know that's a that's a background state or a uh, backyard state yeah. Jalen Brown's from Florida Jackson Howard's from Minnesota and Whit Weeks is from Georgia you know so a guy like Kelly who put a lot of guys into the NFL in not a talent-rich state like Indiana I think you're seeing a good mesh of combine Louisiana's natural kids will want to come here no matter who's coaching. Plus let me call my guy in Minnesota. Let me call my guy in Ohio. Let me call my guy in pick a state and LSU could have a hat on a table for national kids anywhere. That's a great point. I hadn't really thought about that because we were kind of talking about before the air or before we were on LSU really gets the pick of what they want in state because they don't have that natural D one, uh, monster uh, rival that some of these other states have but yeah brian kelly did not have the pick of the litter necessarily in in indiana because indiana has quality players but you know you're talking two or three big time guys up there so he had to go out nationally you know go into illinois and ohio and those surrounding states and really branch out nationally and of course notre dame's a, a massive national uh icon and really out west as well so that's a great point uh, and that it blends the natural advantage to have in Louisiana with what Kelly's been doing on the national scene. So um, let's talk about some of those names you mentioned. Um, if I look at their top commits, one name that you just called out, Deshaun Womack, on the defensive side of the ball, uh, a, a monster five-star, and then a name that some Florida State fans should be familiar with because they tried to land him, got him on campus, uh, Zalance or Lance Hurd, uh, offensive tackle who who is a monster. Um, these are two the you know the two cornerstone positions that you really want to get in a recruiting class, and uh, LSU landed them. Now, I mean, those are hard rotations to crack in your first year. But what can LSU expect from these two studs? Maybe not just this year, but future. The hope for if we start with Womack, if he could be even like a rotation, well. A rotation piece because LSU lost both uh, B.J. Ojolari, who went in the second round to Arizona, and Ali Gay, who did not get drafted, and I'm not sure if he signed anywhere. But they're losing kind of like that that Jack Edge player, and uh, and Harold Perkins, who Florida State actually did not see really right. last year because that was his first game, and he did LSU didn't really know how to use him. 
they're trying to make Carol Perkins more of an inside backer instead of that outside pass rush speed demon type. Um, so that might actually open up an avenue for Womack to play. Now he did have, uh, I believe he had shoulder surgery, so he didn't participate much in spring. So I guess it depends on how much or how well he can recover. But I mean, I would assume by August, September, he'll be ready to go. It's just shoulder surgery. But I mean, there's no such thing as minor surgery. It's not my body. Um, but Womack, I would expect could could get some reps. And I'm curious with uh, with Matt House if he does take like a Harold Perkins route. And like you slowly like ramp him up and eventually he's like come October, you're like, whoa, who's this kid? Where was this kid in September? Um, Lance Hurd is interesting because you know, if this was a year ago before Will Campbell and Emory Jones stepped onto campus, you could say Lance Hurd might slide in and be like a day one true freshman left tackle, right tackle, which would have seen asinine, but you know, credit to Will Campbell. He was a freshman All-American and he started 13 out of 14 games had like one health scare. So that's the reason he missed the Tennessee game and Emory Jones uh, after a little while, they, they, they found a spot for him at a, it's interesting enough. He's the right tackle, but he's recruited as a guard and he might be better on the interior, but, um, but LSU's bringing back for their top five uh, or their five starters from the offensive line. And they have a piece in mind to fill in that left guard spot. And that's not what Zalance heard plays. So, right. Heard being your number one, like your prize jewel of this class may not play right away. And that's a good thing because you're bringing back depth and you're bringing back experience. Um, I'm interested to see how much like, uh, you know, mop duty, or maybe does he rotate on the interior? Maybe does does he uh, eventually just get to be so talented? You, the coaching staff says we have to get him on the field somehow. Maybe you push Emory Jones inside where he's like naturally, best suited to be um and maybe that clears way for her to play right tackle Heard was uh was teammates with will campbell at uh neville high school and heard said you know i'm coming here to play left tackle i love will but i'm coming to take his job and you know i love the competition but i don't think that's going to happen at least not in 22 or probably 24 excuse me 23 or probably even 24 either right um but I could see in 2025 once Will Campbell goes in the you know top 50 picks of that draft, I could see Hurd being LSU's left tackle for 2025. Um, it's interesting because Louisiana typically, for all the stud pieces they have, offensive line is not really one of them. And yet, for whatever reason, you know Will Campbell was a five star, and you got him. Emory Jones was a high four star, you got him, and Zalance Hurd was a five star. I'm looking at two four seven had him as the number. 15 overall player, number three tackle. That's rare for Louisiana. And Kelly got all three of those guys. And that's just, that's massive because one of, you know, it's literally the name of the podcast, line of scrimmage. You can control the line. Mm-hmm. And what are the two positions Kelly made as like fortune in getting to the NFL? Offensive tackles and tight ends. And Heard, Campbell, and Jones could be like that new wave of like, early round pick LSU offensive lineman that, you know, since Andrew Whitworth, the Tigers haven't had. I mean, there was a weird thing with Lyle Collins who would have been a first round pick, but extenuating right. circumstances, we don't need to get into that. But it's it's exciting that he got all three of those guys. This could be a, a really a foundational uh, foundational pieces for him. Yeah, I remember when Heard, uh, FSU was trying to flirt with him there and uh, 
I mean, as we talked about it over at Tomahawk Nation, if, if there's a stud in Louisiana, the chances of pulling them out of the state is near impossible. But uh, it, it was nice to dream momentarily about about uh, her there. Um, where do you feel on the high school side of the ball, uh, Kelly addressed positional need the best? And, and where do you feel like uh, the LSU 23 class did not uh, meet the needs? <laughs> I think he did a good job of stocking the tight end room with talent. He signed three tight ends, which is kind of absurd. Uh, again, especially because LSU doesn't really have a history of having productive tight ends. I mean, Thad Moss had a great season the year they won the championship in 19. And there was like a, I think his name is Robert Royal, but for the longest time, tight end was just especially in the less miles era tight end was just, you know, a six offensive lineman. And yet you signed, um, let me get the names, Mac Markway from like the St. Louis area, uh, Camorian Pimpton out of Texas and uh, Jackson McGowan out of uh, Miamisburg, Ohio. And like I, like I said, tight end was, might be like Brian Kelly's calling card. And you just saw last season, uh, Mason Taylor had a great freshman year. I don't, think he was I remember he was fresh American but he's definitely a I think all freshman conference selection at least um so you're stacking that room for the future one of their their top recruits in this 2024 class is like a high four-star tight end from Louisiana um where they didn't do a good job in the high school recruiting is a uh, corner um I'm only looking I see you know, a low three-star Jeremiah Hughes from Nevada and uh, Ashton Stamps from like uh, from New Orleans, but he's like a two-four-seven as like outside the top six hundred. You know, so they just weren't able to get those like high-impact corners out of the the high school ranks. But like we'll talk about in a couple minutes, they were able to work away work their way around that through the transfer portal. Yeah, uh, where they did not address the defensive back position in high school. They have overly addressed it in the portal. Mm -hmm. uh, last question on high school here. I, there's some names I really like, uh, whether it's Shelton Sampson Jr., DJ Chester, mm -hmm. Jalen Brown, et cetera. What name outside of Womack and uh, Hurd uh, are you most excited about? I, I really like Shelton Sampson as well. I, I think he's that next uh, Louisiana receiver. I mean, the, the state just – you can throw a stone in any direction in Louisiana and you can find a future NFL guy and, and, and a high-end guy too. I mean, like a, like a Jefferson and a Chase and Odell, a Landry. Uh, Samson might be that, that next guy. People are really intrigued by uh, Camorian Pimpton, the tight end, uh, top 150 player out of Fort Worth. He's got just absurd uh, – like uh, an absurd catch radius – and, uh, and again, just the way Kelly can develop tight ends or has shown he can develop tight ends. 6'6", 220, and like pterodactyl-ish wingspan. Right. There's like, uh, there's a lot of talent oozing out of that. And it just depends on how well they can mold that. But I'm, I'm excited to see what, what he can turn into because I think he could be something that LSU really hasn't had before at that position. So let's jump over to the transfer side of recruiting now. Uh, when I originally put these questions over to you, uh, LSU had brought in four defensive backs. That's now five uh, mm -hmm. since that moment. But currently, I think uh, last I checked, 
LSU currently sits third overall behind USC and the Colorado Seminoles. Uh, so Coach Brian <laughs> Kelly, obviously, you did yeah, yeah. Uh, I wanted to say semi Knowles, but you know how that goes. But uh, mm-hmm. um, he obviously made the transfer market a, a huge priority, and you're seeing that a lot with these coaches that are jumping to new programs because it gives you that instant impact where you don't have to necessarily develop your your high school kids as fast right away or depend on them which can be a disaster at times and so the area that we saw them most target so far is exactly what we were just talking about it's the defensive backs um they've added five cornerbacks i believe um so i guess my question to you of of this new crowded room which of these cornerbacks do you expect to immediately impact lsu especially game one against florida state yeah, and it was a spot they had to because they quite literally lost, like, all their corners. I think they only had, like, two scholarship guys left on the roster because they were in that same spot last season where they had to stop or they had to go in the transfer market, get a whole bunch of corners. But all those guys were, like, fourth-year, fifth-year guys who were on their last-year eligibility. So here you go again. You have to re- restock the room. This time, though, they are able to get guys with, you know, two years, three years eligibility. So at least you're not in that same position next year. Uh, to answer your question, like who I'm excited about, um, I'm really high on Denver Harris. He was a guy that LSU was looking at strongly last year. Um, he seemed like a guy who wanted to come to LSU before A&M swiped their uh, their oh, uh, their oh, credit oh, card. Yeah, 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 their credit card. Uh, made a lot of you know dumb college kid mistake college kid mistakes, but nothing like criminal. I mean. He was Instagram live and driving really driving his car really fast in a parking garage. And it's like, all right, that's just stupid. And um, was allegedly smoking some type of substance with teammates in A&M's locker room. It's like, all right, man, come on. Like, it's just knucklehead stuff. But uh, 247 had him, I'm looking at as, as a high school, a five-star yeah. 9889 coming out of high school and a 9600 in the transfer. Like, he's He's the type of corner back that LSU, when they were like in their DBU prime, would like would get every single year, like a Derek Stingley, a Tredavious White, a uh, a Kevin Tolliver out of like uh, Florida. He didn't have quite the career those guys had, but in that same like top corner mold. I'm also excited. Uh, Knowles fans might be familiar with Deuce Chestnut from Syracuse. Yeah, yeah. Um, an All ACC guy the past couple of years. Um, I believe he still has at least two more years of eligibility if he wants it. And there's some I'm, – I'm curious what Zaya Alexander from uh, FCS-level school Southeastern and uh, from Hammond, what he can become. It's it's going to be a big jump going from, uh, I guess, Southeastern's in the Southlands Conference to SEC. Um, but that build, that 6-3 frame that he's got – you know, that's the type of corner that LSU put into the NFL for a very long time and did for, or I mean, I guess you could still say he still does. If he can hang, he might be like the dark horse uh, of, of all that group. Yeah, Deuce Chestnut uh, specifically was a kid that um, I know when he hit the transfer portal, a lot of Florida State fans were clamoring for uh, the coaching staff to target and, and have interest in him. So uh, I think he's out of all the names that – that we discussed there. Um, the, the guy that interests me the most is Chestnut. Now, 
to your point, when you talk about um, you talk about Zai Alexander, you can't ignore his size, which is mm-hmm. it, which is so hard to find for a cornerback. Um, and I, I I think typically, and and I may be wrong about this, is my opinion. I think secondary players uh, from those lower levels tend to transition at a decent decent clip, uh, you know, to that upper level because if you've got the speed, if you've got the size, there's a lot you can already ahead of the game uh and so definitely curious how they do there and i think these are the names that florida state fans will uh see uh, on the field day one uh when the season opens for lsu yeah and, and to your point like lsu's arguably their best corner last year they got from ul lafayette you know right. and now granted ull is uh fbs and not fcs but it's still a smaller school in louisiana and and he did well he didn't didn't get drafted, but he was quite competent as, as a tiger, but, and I believe he was able to sign somewhere. So again, if it seems to be easier is the wrong word, but yeah, I like know. The, yeah. Yeah. Um, one other area to talk about, uh, in the transfer portal, if, if we talk about how much LSU loaded up on the secondary, I would have to say the defensive line is is right behind them with Paris Shan, mm-hmm. Jalen Lee, Jordan Jefferson, uh, Ov Oguafu. I think I'm hopefully saying that right there. Uh, a, a position group that LSU really made important. And you mentioned two names going pro already. Um, I think the beat did the big defensive tackle that got hurt. Did he go pro as well? No, he, uh, but he uh, he was apparently reportedly cleared today. Uh, May 22nd, they were recording this. He was cleared for all activities. He, Mason Smith blew out his ACL, you know, like the first defensive series of, yeah. of 2022. And uh, and yeah, LSU was in a bind for that whole 2022 season just because the, the, the defensive tackle depth wasn't there. And you could see as the season wore on, especially that Texas A&M game, LSU was only playing like 2D tackles all season. And AM just kind of leaned on him and they, they were just gassed after a while. So like we were alluding to, you had to go get a, a Jalen Lee, uh, a Paris Shan. You had to go recycle or restock that interior defensive line. You had to go get a Jordan Jefferson, not that Jordan Jefferson that played for LSU, but the other Jordan Jefferson. I'm going to enjoy, I'm going to really enjoy doing that this year. Um, that's going to be LSU's like make or break position. If, if you can get, Mason Smith and Makai Wingo like consistent blows and these guys can rotate in 20, 25 snaps a game. Then LSU's uh, ceiling is going to elevate from, you know, potential 10, 11 win team to a 12, 13 playoff contender, like, or legitimate playoff contender, I should say. Yeah. uh, I I think as we kind of talked about line of scrimmage podcast, making the lines of scrimmage important, I think where we'll see the Florida State LSU game decided, obviously the quarterbacks and their legs are going to play a massive role, but it's going to really be which defensive line can can get the advantage over the offensive line. And, yeah. and you know, Florida State's really loaded up on on offense, especially this year with the line. Uh, we see LSU restocking on defensive line. I, I think it's going to be a, an incredible game. Uh, and it's going to be interesting seeing so many new players for both teams uh, through the transfer portal, which is definitely 
uh, changed the football landscape as we know it. Um, overall, and that was definitely. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry, Tim. But that was definitely an area that Florida State won in that in that game in New Orleans. Uh, Jared versus baptized Will Campbell that game. You know, and and uh, Jaden Daniels was. First game as a tiger was running for his life all 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 night long, and thankfully he can fly. But uh, but that was definitely an area that Florida State whipped LSU on. Um, but I do think that that group definitely gelled as the season went along. And I'm, if those two would have played again, I'm curious how it would have played out. Yeah, and it's weird because Florida State started high, got low, and got high again. Uh, so. <laughs> It's going to be a fun game for sure this year because I think you could you could easily see either team winning because uh, I think that in so many ways they're almost – they're not identical. I don't want to say that, but they have a lot of similarities uh, mm-hmm. with, with their quarterback play, uh, with their lines, and, and with the type of players they target. Um, real quick because I know we're running out of time here. Uh, combined between high school and transfers – uh, six overall class added 37 new players. Uh, but as the portal giveth, the portal taketh away. Did LSU lose any key players uh, in the transfer portal this year? Um, they were actually pretty got out, got away scotch free. I, I think the biggest, or maybe like most disappointing transfer they had was Walker Howard, who was a uh, high four star, low five or uh high four-star, low five-star quarterback, depending on what service you looked at, uh, out of Louisiana. And that's always disappointing, losing uh, a kid that talented from your backyard who uh, ended up transferring in conference, in, in division, to uh, to Ole Miss. Um, a lot of people, like me, were hoping that Howard would be, you know, that QB1 in 2024 at the earliest, maybe even 23 if Jaden Daniels would have declared uh, for this past draft. Um, but because you've got Daniels back for one more year, you've got Garrett Nussmeyer for the year after. You brought in Ricky Collins, a four-star quarterback from the Baton Rouge area. You can kind of absorb that blow. But like I said, that's probably the biggest name that they lost. They were really weirdly generously um, okay in, from the departure standpoint. It's always a good sign when you're keeping the players you want to keep, for sure. Um, all right, so uh, obviously – you and I hopefully will be getting together to discuss this game uh, a week or two before a kickoff. Uh, but big news in your life, you are you are getting married. You're off the market. So early congratulations to you. Um, last time we ended our podcast with a choose your own question. Uh, before we do that, um, real quick, I, I want you to take time, make sure everybody knows where they can find all the great LSU content that you and your uh, your guys put out there. So if you would take a minute, pimp yourself out, and then tell me, what are you watching? Mm, what am I watching? Um, you can find our sites uh, and the Valley Shook. We're gearing up for baseball postseason. Softball, unfortunately, got bounced by the inter- interstate rival UL Raging Cajuns. Um, but baseball's gearing up for hopefully national title number seven. I'm sorry to my Florida State friends who will not be going for what the first time in what is it 40 years, 45 Five years? Years, I think, is what it is. Yeah, it's a rough like pre-Star Wars, basically, right? Yeah, like before... yeah, pre-Star Wars. Yeah, yeah. Um, what am I watching right now? I'm watching Succession. Yeah. Um, very excited for the series finale. Um, 
I'm watching. I just actually watched uh, two episodes of Seinfeld before we uh, before we hopped on here. Um, I I don't want to say powered through, but I watched a pretty okay season of Mandalorian. You know, good finish, but it had it had its filler episodes for sure. Yeah, not sure we needed uh, the Christopher Lloyd episode, but you know. <laughs> But like Tim and I were talking, I did make a pretty badass uh, Mandalorian in one Starfighter Lego set. So it it was worth the sacrifice of yeah. uh, of, of Jack Black and uh, and Lizzo to yeah. get your Lego set. So uh, that 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 makes it all worth it. Um, so you mentioned um, Seinfeld. I am trying to do a Seinfeld rewatch. Uh, I'm through the first season. I'm in the second season. It's finally starting to get more of that Seinfeld mm-hmm. feel. But man, those first season and a half, yeah. it's rough. It's definitely rough. Has not aged well. Yeah, it's it's my dad's favorite sitcom, and I'm finally like like I'd seen episodes before, of course, but like I'm finally dedicating time to like sit through and watching it. And it takes like two seasons for it to feel like. Oh, okay. This is why everybody likes it so much. But like yeah. that season one is rough. Like Elaine's not even in it. You know, yeah, it's just... <laughs> they 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 didn't realize yet just how great they could make Kramer's character uh, in yeah. those first those first two seasons, and then it finally clicks and it really starts to gel. So, well, Zach, I really appreciate it, man. Thanks so much. Early congratulations. We'll make sure everybody uh, heads out to the website, checks this out. Uh, and again, we'll we'll hopefully do this again here in, in about a month and a half, man. Yeah, I'm I'm excited. I can't wait to to uh, preview this game. This is this this could be like a playoff like preview, and like we revisit it in, in January if everything works out. Yeah, I would love that. Je- uh, Zach, thanks so much uh, for and the Valley shook for Zach Junta and all of the LSU faithful. We really appreciate it. I'm Tim Allenball. This has been the Line of Scrimmage podcast. Check us out on Tomahawk Nation. Uh, And until next time, let's keep climbing.